Hello, and welcome to the eighth episode of Lights, Camera, Ulysses, the premier podcast on all things Joyce and Cinema. This is your host, Robert Kraut, and I'm recording today from O'Connell Street. This episode is brought to you by the Menton Law Firm. Specializing in cases of libel and slander, the Menton Law Firm will serve all of your legal needs. Peristalsis, the mechanism of contraction and relaxation by which we digest food. Also, an apt metaphor for today's topic, pacing. The idea of pacing is different from other techniques, as it's invisible, having more to do with time than space, and it functions very differently in film than it does in literature. Because the cinematic experience, at least traditionally, exists in a two-hour time frame, where the viewer experiences the art in one sitting. But try finishing Ulysses in one sitting. It's probably doable, but very unpleasant. Instead, the act of reading is in itself peristalsis. Contraction, you're reading. Relaxation, you're not. But pacing goes beyond the time frame of experience, and instead describes how you experience. For instance, there's the fast-paced action films where it's all contraction, explosions, and excitement. And there's the slow-paced art films where it's all relaxation, the camera holding on an image of a cow for two minutes. Well, it's a subjective sensibility. I prefer literature and films that use alternative pacing, moving from action to drama and back again. For instance, Vertigo, one of my favorite films, strikes a wonderful balance between the relaxed, dreamy scenes of romance and the contracted, tense chase sequences. Returning to the difference between mediums, I would argue that alternative pacing is doubly important in literature, because a dull movie is easier to get through than a dull novel. And likewise, a novel composed of only action is a 12-hour waste of time, compared to the two-hour waste of time that a film like Die Hard is. So we have the master Joyce, who exaggeratedly executes this alternative pacing in the chapter Les Dragonians. Sculpting the chapter around the style that emulates digestion, Joyce shows us Bloom as he walks down the street, moving from inaction, musings on STDs and Molly, to action, his conversation with his Mrs. Breen. And then again from inaction, Bloom's thoughts on politics and his past, to action, he goes into a pub and has lunch. Interestingly, while this chapter is quite long and features about the same amount of interiority as Proteus, it was far easier for me to get through than other chapters. And I believe that that's due to the pacing. Because just as you're about to grow tired of Bloom's thoughts, Joyce infuses movement and contraction into the story. And just as you grow weary of Bloom eating and talking, you move back inside his head. In a way, Joyce must have not only been aware of pacing, but where the art of pacing was headed as audiences with shorter and shorter attention spans came out of theaters and demanded a similarly paced work of literature. So what does this chapter teach us about film, or vice versa? It teaches us that we always need to have a tempo in storytelling. If the tempo is too slow, we lose the audience, and if it's too fast, we fail to engage with the hearts and minds of our viewers. Rather, balance is key, regardless of the subject matter. And Joyce ends this chapter with a very filmic instance of alternative pacing that is indicative of the thriller genre. So we get the contraction, Joyce spots Boylan, and the relaxation, he evades him. In other words, the mouse escapes the cat. And this familiar mechanism of suspense rests entirely on the invisible yet crucial tool of pacing. Thank you for tuning in, and I'll be back before Nosy Flynn leaves the bar.